What's up, everybody? It's Brooks, and it is episode 35 of Barbell Buddha Rediscovered. It is called From a Smoky Red Room. I'm hanging out with you in my red room right now. I decided to double you guys up on some Barbell Buddha Rediscovered because, hell, I made a promise that I was going to deliver 100 episodes in 100 weeks, and I'm going to keep that promise. Been a little off my game, but I'm sitting here with you now. It is a cozy, rainy weekend in Memphis, and I could think of no better way to spend my Saturday than to sit down and talk about our buddy Chris Moore. Before we get the show started, remember to head over to barbellbooter.com and purchase Simple Strength, and you can also pick up the collected writings of Chris Moore on the website right now. If you're interested in what I'm doing, I own a gym called Recess. You can go to recess901.com, find some good information there. We also have a mini course called Three Days to Play, and it's my own way of delivering great information to improve your training and to make it more fun. It's all of the best information that we teach at our gym, teach our clients in three days, and it's packed in. You'll get a ton out of it. And uh, yeah, if you want to support me and what I'm doing, you can head over there right now. Like many of the weeks that we've had lately, I've been letting Chris open the show. He's got a couple of nuggets in here that I want to prime this episode with. So I'm going to let him start the show like only he can, and I'll catch up with you in about four minutes. Barbell Buddha Podcast is with you, episode number 35, from a smoky red room. I'm going to tell you why the room is smoky and red a little later on, (laughs) but in the meantime, let me just start with this. I'm excited as hell, man. It is October, baby. It's October. It's my favorite month of the year. Uh, Not just because it's my son's birthday and all that family stuff that's so cool, but, you know, for the the main reasons, I I just love the weather changing. I'm, I'm a guy who likes motion. I like change. It sparks new ideas. It, you know, the ebb and flow of the seasons brings me a lot of inspiration. October is the time of year when you get some inspiration going. It's it's ghoulish. It's spooky. There's lots of cool movies on TV. There's fucking pumpkin everything everywhere. Cinnamon apple candles, pumpkin spy, pie spice candles. Uh, they're in my Jeep. They're in my office. I love it. I can't get enough of all this fall shit. So now you know something about me. <laughs> I just dig it. So it puts me in a good mood. It puts me in the mood to sort of try different kinds of things. So a little later, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a story for you. Now, I, most of the time, I write out stories. You know, they, they start off someplace and they all tie into some sort of little vein of uh, a point that I'm trying to make, right? And I I like that. I, if there's one mission I have for this podcast and this blog and this life I'm living is that you first things first, you got to entertain a little bit. You can't fucking bore people to be boring is to be the worst 
kind of person, outside of the kind of person who would judge, who would hate, who would hurt other people. That's all common sense. But past all that obvious shit, if you're going to be boring, I just, that is my goose, man. Don't, Don't be boring. Don't waste people's time. If you can punch it up, punch it up. Entertain, man. Spice it up. Add a little spice to your life. So uh, I'm going to take that up a little bit of an extra notch today. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to read you a story that's a little more story than usual. It's like a dialogue. And I wrote it because, you know, it was a little late at night, a couple of nights ago. <clears throat> and I was feeling a little, you know, I was reading some stuff that was a little edgy. Um, and I was thinking, yeah, I mean, it's time to do something different. You know, I've got kind of an itch to kind of express some other kind of idea. And I had written these notes a little earlier. And I wrote some more the next day. I was kind of like just writing a series of little letters to myself, like, fuck, man, you got to keep this in mind and do this, do that. So like, how can I kind of put this together in some way that makes sense to me? <laughs> Maybe if it makes sense to somebody else, all the better. So I kind of whipped it up into like a story. And I, the story was kind of like me having a discussion, but with this, this kind of older man character. But I don't know why it is an old man. I guess I was kind of thinking maybe on some like, you know, like artistic wavelength, man, that I would be like talking to myself. Like I'm the young version of me, you know? (laughs) And then uh, the old version would give me advice, like based on this moment, these questions I'm asking. I don't know if it actually turned out that way. You can let me know. But uh, I had a lot of fun and it was just a different way of of kind of getting out some some ideas that I think maybe help somebody. If nothing else, you'll probably laugh. Now let let me tell you, I've already sort of recorded this and listen, I tried to do like an old man voice at the beginning, and then I realized, yeah, just just fucking just read. <laughs> just act out the lines and don't worry. And I kind of realized that I'm kind of doing like a little bit of like a weird voice. Just bear with me through it all. <laughs> okay, man, we will. We're totally going to bear with you through it uh, later on. I'm, I'm super excited. Y'all, this is one of my favorite Chris Moore performances from A Smoky Red Room. Um I love it because it is. It's such a unique, like, form of expression for Chris. Man, he was always willing to try stuff, and uh, I just, I just loved him for that. And so this smoky red room is uh, amazing because Chris is really going for it, first of all. But it's also going to be amazing because Chris is sort of like tapping into this deeper pool of wisdom and this imagined conversation with like an older version of himself and um you know not to be too woo woo or spiritual on you guys but you know again like part of the impact of chris's work is that chris passes away and when you really reflect on where he's at in his life he says he's 32 years old it's in the fall in memphis and he's starting to get this creative energy which uh, considering it's October right now, it's fall in Memphis, I'm also experiencing a similar creative energy. Um, that's really exciting. But he he's going for like this, how do you say, like a, a different thing. It just came to him differently, right? And he's going to tap into this older, older knowledge and he's going to do it in a fun way and you're going to get some laughs, and but you're also going to get some really deep wisdom that I think that we can apply to our life. I know we can apply to our life. So that's exciting. Another little nugget that I loved in that little clip, in that clip right there was Chris's cardinal sin showing back up. The Chris's car, like the, his, as he says, sin of all sins is, is to be boring. And so if, if this, you know, acts as nothing else, remember, don't be boring, spice it up. And Chris is going to do that in this episode. And I'm really excited to share it with you. 
But before we get there, Chris does has some things, uh, has at least something to share with us. And this is um, about a 10-minute clip that I'm going to play and catch up with you on the other side. But this is Chris. Uh, uh, his, his episode was basically in, you know, two pieces. The first half was the intro and this point that he's about to make, and then we'll get to hear from a smoky red room at the end, and I'm, I'm excited about that. So I'm going to let Chris go ahead and fire up his first point. I'm going to get out of the way, and I'll see you all in about 10 minutes. I think what I want to do is I will share one quick little, um, one quick little cool-ass thing I saw today. You know, really all around you all the time. You got to really... Start training yourself to see all the cool little details in your life because there's this cool, helpful shit, interesting shit, educational shit is bubbling up all around your head all day long. And it's our job to sort of take down the filters so we see more and more and more of this, all the obvious truths just smacking us in the face all up in our grill, right? I kind of realized one of them today was so cool and so useful. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, which I... I like a lot, especially on these days where he has somebody into the studio who I really like as well. And today he had, uh, I don't know, it's episode like 40, oh shit, I don't know, I could probably look up my phone. 40, it's, it's like 404 maybe? You can look it up later. We'll keep this shit evergreen to search for Stephen Pressfield's appearance on the Joe Wickham podcast. So Stephen Pressfield is a pretty well-known guy. He wrote, he's written a lot of books. He wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance, which was turned into a movie. You might have seen that. He also wrote a really cool book called The War of Art, which I think Joe has done a really good job of promoting that over, over the years. I mean, some things he says a lot. This is one that deserves it for sure. I mean, that's a good book. It's short. It's easy to read. And if you are in a position where you're really struggling to, to realize some sort of creative vision, you want to start something, you want to get going, you want to get on the path towards doing whatever it is you feel like you want to do, may not be a long-term perfect scenario, but it's just what you want to do now. Then books like that could really change your perspective enough to where maybe you act on it. So I can't recommend that book enough. The War of Art. Pressfield. Go on Amazon. Get you his copy for like 10 bucks probably. So he was on, and him and Joe were talking about the act of writing. And since I'm a writer, I always pay close, close. That's one of the things that sends my my filter into high alert. Right? I start paying attention when somebody starts commenting on you know what it means for them to write or know what their approach to writing is. <clears throat> so I immediately sort of stopped what I was doing and paid extra special attention to, to this. Like, shit, maybe I can learn to not be so bad at writing. <laughs> and even though I'm not bad, I mean, that's, that's the thing about writing is it's sort of this one-way train where you need to keep moving, but there, you know, there is no real perfecting it. There's no such thing as a perfectly written thing. There's a million varieties and ways you could write any sentence you got to get past that idea that you're going to perfect it. You just got to keep working on it, keep getting better. Getting The getting better part is not – well, hold on. The, the, get, <laughs> the getting better, better part is what's important. It's not arriving anywhere. You know, you don't, you're not going to perfect this thing. That's just not going to happen. And a lot of skills like that, strengths like that, you're not going to be the strongest version of yourself. You're not going to be the strongest person. This just can't happen. I, mean, I, guess, I suppose there is that one strongest guy in the world – but you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> that guy has a, a, a life that is very out of balance. Let's say it kindly. But yeah, but the, the thing is for all of us, we know we are getting smarter. We are getting fitter, leaner, stronger, wiser. Uh, we're not trying to get to the end of anything. We're just, we're just staying in motion. So the question at hand here when it came to writing was, you know, how do you, 
when you're working on a book, you know, and you're, you're coming to the end, you know, what do you do? Do you take time off? Because, you, you know, Stephen's written a lot of books, like 18 books maybe, maybe more than that. Maybe he said like 70 or something. I'm sure there are all kinds of different links, but he's written a lot. So the question is, you know, you're coming to the end of a book, I really start paying attention now because I'm like, oh, I'm just doing this. <laughs> I'm coming to the end. I'm like getting nervous about getting the damn thing finished and all that stuff. Uh, so you say, you come into the end of this book project. So what do you do? Like, do you take some time off? Do you go golfing or whatever? And Steve says this, this thing that's really, really cool, man. He goes, and actually, you know, I we'll always make sure that towards the end of something, I have one or two more things sort of starting. So in this case, I've got one or two good book ideas. You know, maybe they're, they're just solid, well-developed ideas, or maybe I've even started them, but I try to go right into it. I go, hmm, that's an interesting idea. I go, well, fuck, I guess that means i got to get into a book if I take this guy's advice. So all right, already now I'm getting a little, um, you know, getting a little uh, skeptical. But he goes on. He goes, see, I do that because that way I always get the next thing going. Like if you, if you, if you, if you meet a big challenge and then you just stop because you feel like you deserve rest, then it's really, really really impossibly hard to sort of get going again because you're feeling wounded and you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're feeling tired. So what you do is you, you step away from whatever it is you're doing and you're getting this fucking deep rut and it's really hard to get your feet moving again. So instead of just sort of carrying your momentum forward and doing more cool shit and getting better and better, you got to recapture some ground. You got to recapture some momentum. So I immediately agree. I'm like, well, fuck yeah, man, great. That sounds like a terrible way to go about it. But that's what lots of people do. <laughs> You know, here go the obvious things again. But we, you know, we do something. I did that. Now I deserve credit, right? I deserve a reward, and I'll take a breather. And then once I have my reward and my treats, then I'll resume and I'll get some more rewards and treats later on. But that's just not how the fucking world works, man. You got to keep hustling and grinding to force your issue in a world that is not. You know, the world's not looking for your downfall. It's not out to get you. That's bullshit. But it's also not actively trying to promote you. It just doesn't give a shit. It's indifferent. It's a big rock with more important things to do and more ways to spend. And that doesn't give a shit what you, what you've got planned. It's just not, it's not like anything personal, man. You just got to go with it. You got to adapt. And the adapting part means you stay in motion. So how do you do that without going fucking bonkers from fatigue? Well, Steve makes this point. He goes, I get the next thing going, right? In this case, a book. And then once I have some progress, I know where I'm going with it and I have something to show for my work, then I take a break. You know, a little break to recharge the batteries, to think carefully about what direction I want to take the thing. And then when I come back to it, I'm just ready to pick up where I left off. The momentum is so much easier to carry through. And there are two ways that sparked my memory. First, it reminded me of... Uh, this, this little tip I learned actually from Ernest Hemingway. I've actually said it before on the podcast, but it's, it's almost the same kind of idea, so I'll say it again. Uh, Ernest had this little tip for avoiding, at least I think it was him who did this, and if it's not, it's still a good tip because I've used it. He goes, if you wanted to avoid writer's block, what do you do? Well, when you feel like you need to stop, you're, you're tired, you've done enough, it's nothing else, the magic is drained from the day. What do you do? Well, you stop mid-sentence. You stop mid-sentence knowing what the second half of that sentence is going to be. That way, when you go off and you have your drinks and you shoot your tuna with a fucking elephant gun and you go living that Ernest Hemingway lifestyle in the early 1900s and I guess World War II days when you're in the fucking Key West and you're having a time of your life, I guess sometime before things get a little unchill and you blow your head off with a shotgun. Sometime in between when things are good, when you sit back down all rested and recovered, you know just where to pick up and I've got all this energy. So you finish that half sentence and you go on about the whole rest of the project. 
So I was like, yeah, that, I've used that in my training. Like when I pick weights, I, I or I'm, you know, I'm trying to challenge myself. I always stop knowing that there is, you know, a little bit more to go. There's one more set I could do. There's, there's another five or 10 pound jump I could make. Nothing is ever pushed maximal. Cause if you push yourself to a maximum point, then there's, there's really no easy next move, right? I mean, you could take time off. You could totally step away when you've kind of created too much of a recovery thing for yourself. You, you got to take the time away. So you do that. But that's really hard to get your momentum going. It's just like what Steve was talking about with writing a book. It's funny how the things aren't, aren't really that different. You think you've earned something. You think you've sort of accomplished something. And you did it by draining yourself. So now to get going again and to replicate that feat is almost impossible you can't do it. You can't just take so much out of yourself and expect it to give it right back. It's like fucking credit and debits, man. It's, at some point, if you don't put things back in, you don't get anything else back out. So that little trick helps us you know, every day to not stretch out too far. If you know where you're going to take the next step, if you know that next week it'll be five pounds, you know next session it'll be another couple pages or paragraphs, or you know, whatever it is, then you can just pick up where you left off. And that same mechanism works over the long term, too. When you, when you finish one big thing, you know, like when you... When, you, when, you, when you're prepared and you, you ran that fucking marathon, I don't know why you would do that. I don't know why you would do that, but you did it, and good for you that you did it. But when you're done with it <laughs> and you lost the 20 pounds and you're feeling great, go into something else. Maybe learn how to run a little bit better. Maybe you know give yourself a break but keep training. And then once you've assimilated all that experience, then you go into the next thing. You see, you see the way that, that little trick still works? The same thing would work for fucking CrossFit. Do a big competition, meet a big goal, Train for just a few more weeks or another month. Kind of set yourself back into rhythm, what you need to do for the next block of time. And then maybe take, you know, a little time to sort of cool down a little bit. I think it's a really cool approach to your training. And I might add, you know, apply it to your life too. If you went for something big in your life, a big job interview, something big happened, and success or failure, you feel like you need time off. Get your feet set into the next thing. Then move forward, man. Then then make sense of it, then take the break if you need it. But I think that was really cool. Thanks for to Steve Pressman for um, for dropping that knowledge there, man. That was really cool. Uh, you can check out that podcast again. Just go to joerogan.net and look it up. You can listen to the whole thing. But I think it was like the last third of the show he gets into that. Really cool stuff. Boom, man. Oh, dude, you just brought the, you just brought the house down in 10 minutes, dude. Uh if you're listening to this show and you're not freaking charged up with that information that you just heard from Chris, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep plugging away at it because I don't think you get how awesome that was, uh, or maybe you do and you're just as excited as me. Chris, this is one of my favorite episodes because it's only 25 minutes, but I felt like he just gave so much information in such a small amount of time. Okay, first thing that really stuck uh, stuck out to me was his early point about just reminding us again that getting better is the point. So me doing this podcast, like I, you know, I'm not trying to arrive anywhere. I'm trying to do something cool for something, so for somebody and something that I believe in. And there's no like arriving. All I'm trying to do is just get better at it and have a good time. Okay, so getting better is the point, not arriving anywhere. Okay, that's the first like big takeaway to remember here. Um, 
in my work, right? I get I get really frustrated sometimes in my work because like I'm I'm trying to uh, uh, arrive somewhere with my business instead of just remembering like getting better is the point. It can be frustrating uh, to not see results sometimes, but if if we're looking at it like that, then we're missing the point, right? The, the act of doing it is where we get the joy and the fulfillment and all that stuff. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is that he brings up uh, Stephen Pressfield's War of Art, and he's talking about him on the Joe Rogan podcast. And then he brings in Ernest Hemingway, and then he talks about his own barbell training. And really, like, it's a great way to... If you look at the point he's trying to make, he's trying to help us avoid like the boom and bust cycle of things. And the way that Pressfield put it and the way that Hemingway put it and now the way Chris is putting it is like getting something else started or like leaving a little bit of room to work into something and not going to our maximum effort all the time. It's really about like getting the... Uh, consistency down before we worry too much about the intensity of it all. Chris has made that point so many times and it's a point that I very strongly believe in especially when it comes to exercise and training but even further with our work with improving anything else like giving us ourselves room to stay consistent. So the way that Chris describes it and breaks it down from a barbell perspective, he says he's always gonna he's always leaving one set on the table. He's always leaving an extra 10 pounds or something on the table. He knows that he could throttle up just a little bit more and he stops just short. Hemingway would start the next sentence. Uh, he gets the next sentence started and he stops halfway so he has something to pick up on when he gets back into writing. Stephen Pressfield, he gets the next thing started. He gets the next project, the next book, the next inspiration started. And then once he has a little bit of momentum, then the break comes. I loved hearing that because I'm in a very similar uh, point in my life. I just got married and that's like a big mountaintop moment, that peak uh, feeling and exhilaration. But... I didn't immediately, we didn't immediately go into honeymoon. And part of that is because we wanted to get some things started so we have them to pick back up on when we get back. And so we have like a nice three week gap. We have some friends coming in for a staycation. Uh, we're working on, you know, refining the gym. We're growing. We're adding coaches. Uh, I'm managing my own exercise. If I was trying to do all of these things at the most intense effort possible, I would have, uh, without question, a hard, hard crash. So what I've been working on, especially because of listening to this episode in the last week and a half, is figuring out how I can set myself up to keep the momentum going, to get the next thing that I really need to work on or want to work on started, and then once it's got some momentum, whisking away with my darling wife and hitting up the honeymoon and allowing myself to completely unwind and detach and I have something, I have my next sentence, so to speak, halfway written and I'll know exactly where to pick up when I get back. Uh, Chris, man, that was some amazing information. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this show, I, I imagine you got a lot out of that. Now we get to the fun 
beautiful, artistic expression of our buddy, Mr. Chris Moore, and he has a very special performance for us. Um, it's called From a Smoky Red Room. I'm not going to pick up on the other side of this clip. I'm going to let him close it down, but here's what I want you to keep in mind. I want you to just consider that Chris could be channeling some real, real wisdom from his soul's future, and he has made such beautiful art and was taken from us so early that it's just incredible when you really give credence to the depth of his work that he did this all before he turned the age of 33 and I sit in awe and I'm also going to get a lot of good laughs and I imagine you will too but listen really carefully beyond just the presentation of it all listen to his words and see how you can apply them in your life. And I will catch up with y'all in another week or so. Okay, Chris, it's your show, man. Take it away. So, so, I'm going to drop my tone just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Because this, you know, this is not really a Halloween-y thing. I don't want to, like, misconstrue the thing. But it's a little different. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you my story now. And I'm going to lead into it with a really cool song. The only song I could fit that really would fit such a thing. This lullaby by, again, you know, I'm sorry, it's by Queens of the Stone Age. It's a great song. Really good short song, but the, the mood is sort of cool. Again, forgive me my accent, but I think you'll, you'll really dig this story, man. I hope you, you know, get a little something for it. It's not too long. It's like, you know, just a few minutes. But, uh, but I think you'll get a kick out of it. So, with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you... A little story called From a Smoky Red Room. decided to sit down and have a drink with the old man. Why not? He's always around, rumbling away beneath my breath, peeking out from behind far-off corners. I thought I should at least say hello. And hell, I could use the advice, right? You mind pouring me one of those? The old man raised one eyebrow in a gray corner of his beard. Sure, he replied to me. Funny thing, though, didn't you used to hate scotch whiskey? Yeah, I guess I did. You should know better than anybody just how people can change, right? Yes, I do, baby boy, he replied now with a full, wide smile. Yes, I do. 
He poured the booze and he pushed two neat fingers of liquor across the table. So what's on your mind? And save the bullshit, Chris. You know I hate the bullshit. I took a sip, kicking around those two smoky ice cubes for a few seconds as I filtered my words. I guess I'm just a little worried, that's all. Worried? Yeah, I mean, so much is happening. So much is changing for me. At times I feel like I'm behind the wheel of one of these crazy speedboats, you know? The water's all smooth for now, it's great. But what if the conditions change? What if I fuck up and jerk the wheel, you know? My whole world could go up in flames with smoldering chunks of my life disintegrating across open water at 200 miles an hour. You know, figuratively speaking, of course. Jesus Christ, you always had a hell of imagination. Do you know what your problem is? Well, actually, I might. Well, let me confirm it for you then. You're just falling back on your own default setting. That's the same goddamn thing most people do when life starts picking up steam. That's just an illusion. The truth is that the world around you might be dangerous as hell, sure. But it's really only as tricky as you make it. Well, I guess that makes sense. Well, see, that's the problem right there. It does make sense. That doesn't stop people from overthinking this shit, does it? But then again, this is the sort of thing you should expect when you wash away everybody's spirit, style, and intuition with all these damn years of imposed school lessons, you know? The rant was just picking up steam, but then there was a slight break for tipping back our tumblers. Fuck, you know what really matters, man. Whether you're willing to keep search for the outer boundaries. You never really find them, but you fucking try. That's where all the interesting shit happens. That's where you find space to stretch your feathers out. That's where the worry is a waste of time. If you're searching out there hard, then you're on the fucking path, you know? I just smiled. I rattled those rapidly melting ice cubes one more time in my glass. But isn't this much obvious? I mean, if I walk out of this room right now and head north, my fitness permitting, you know, want to hit something interesting eventually? Fuck, you starting in with that mumbo-jumbo divine purpose stuff again? No, I'm just talking about all the shit you feel even though you know better. I mean, I know that all I can really do is bleed for what I love. And I can't feel sure about anything. But I have to believe that if I bleed enough, hard enough, for long enough, then this crazy-ass dream might come true, you know? But see, that's just it, man. What, the bleeding? Yeah! It's all about the reason for taking the action. So many people burn away their lives. They rarely define their work, their relationships, their goals first by what they love. Instead, they focus just on the reward and the satisfaction of it, which lasts about as long as a surprise on Christmas morning. Can you fucking imagine that? It sounds so cheap when we say it out loud. Yeah, it does sound cheap. And it seems so obvious. Then I guess you get it. As cliche as it sounds, love is what matters most, man. And most don't fully realize that until their ship is all but sailed. And that's a goddamn shame. Outwardly, I nodded and agreed as strong as I could with everything he said. But the inside, all I could do was moan. Fuck, man, I'm as guilty as anybody. It's so easy to call it a temporary thing. We tell ourselves that one day soon we'll start putting together that dream. Right after the current thing is through, of course. Then we realize just how quickly ten fucking years goes by. But everybody's guilty. You just gotta remind yourself that you were not given a body in this incarnation so you can sit around and burn away the days doing shit for the wrong reasons. And no, it's not just about the obvious bad reasons for doing stuff. It's about all the stuff that seems okay for now. Those things that numb the motives. That's the poisonous shit. That's what keeps you from doing. That's what you gotta look out for. But too bad that's the stuff that comes really easy. It's your reward for a job well done. 
the old man kept pouring out drinks. So, you worried you're going to fuck up in this life? So what? You got to smile too, man. Smile once you realize how many times you felt this way before. Look, you're a hard-working guy, right? You care. So why are you so surprised when things work themselves out so often? Shit, man, you should be smiling most of the time. Yeah, I know. You should know. There's no time for complaining about our fucking circumstances and worries. Fortunate or not, we are here right now. So we might as well show the universe what we can do. We might as well make it known that we weren't better off in that ethereal realm, you know? That's the only way you can give anything back. I finished my drink just before engaging the old man just one more time. Are you happy with the life you've lived? I mean, you've seen what's ahead. Was it all worth it? That gray smile started to glow a bit more. Worth it? Yeah, I guess it was. Hey, do you remember what Charles had to say about love all those years ago? You know the quote I have in mind, don't you? Yeah, find what you love and let it kill you. Yeah, that's the one. With all I've seen and considering how close I am to that brink, I can say that this is pretty fucking true, man. You can't go around worrying about what you're going to find out there. You just got to fight for what you love. You got to worship it like a life-giving goddess, and if it wants to take you, you let it take you. I got up from the table and walked out to that cool October evening. I took a big old breath into my lungs. It seemed like the best possible thing I could do at the time. Woo! I told you, a little bit different. Something different for you, dear listener. I appreciate you hanging out, listening to me, putting up with Chris's story time. <laughs> I hope at least you, you smirked and said, oh, well, this is something interesting to pass the next 20 minutes of my day. You know, whatever. But anyhow, uh, that's all I've got for you today. Uh, if you would do me a favor, man, the only favor I ask, well, let me ask two favors. Let me just ask two favors. That's not too much to, 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 to request of you. Uh, go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is you might be listening to this podcast through, whatever medium, whatever power grants you access to my streaming ranting. Uh, and just do me a favor and leave a little note, leave a little comment, you know, five stars if you enjoyed this show. Tell people what you think. Maybe that'll help more people join in and give me more reason to keep doing this. <laughs> a little incentive never hurt nobody. And then, of course, uh, I've got some cool things coming on the pipeline. You can keep track of it and see the fruits of the labor on barbobo.com. So daily posts, usually short and long, video or text. You know, I try to mix it up. Uh, but go on there. You can go to the store. You can check out coffee mugs and shirts and stuff. If you want to make a modest contribution to this machine and keep the show going, that kind of helps. I can buy some stuff and print some books and do a little of this that and the other so uh that's all i got man i hope you enjoyed the story time get out into that cool october evening tonight friends and if you're in some other part of the globe uh other part of the hemisphere then enjoy your balmy spring-like fuck i don't know what it is october like that seems so foreign to me but you know whatever <laughs> wherever you are man show me what you got do something cool uh share a kindness with somebody you know you know teach somebody something Show me, give a shit, put some effort into it until I see you next time. Until I chat with you next time, more specifically on this particular medium, uh, I wish you all the best. Uh, take care, cheers. Peace.